Tawana to come and give us our reading, which is John 4, 1 to 14. Now Jesus learnt that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptising more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptised, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sechar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus tried, Jesus tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When the Samaritan woman came to drink water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples has gone into town to buy water, to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus asked her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Will you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his living stock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them and spring of water willing up to eternal life. This is the word of the God. So have you, any of you, ever had the same dream, and adults, you can put your hand up as well, if you had the same dream more than once, or a similar dream? Put your hand up if you've ever had a sort of recurring dream. Well, there's a dream that I've had loads of times, and in this dream, uh, my throat is really dry, and I'm thirsty, and I'm coughing, and I rush to the tap, and I pour myself a drink of water, and I drink the water, and nothing happens. My throat is still just as dry as before. It's horrible. And always at that point, I wake up and I realize in real life, my throat really is dry and I'm thirsty. So I reach for my water bottle and I have a good long drink of water. And it's so satisfying. Trying to drink water in my dream wasn't satisfying at all. But in real life, if we're super thirsty, drinking water is so satisfying, isn't it? Now, last week, we asked, what would Jesus say to the satisfied? And this week, we're asking, what would Jesus say to the unsatisfied? What would Jesus say to the person who's drinking water, but they still feel thirsty? Uh, What would Jesus say to the person who, no matter what they experience in life, It's never enough. They're never really satisfied. Well, today we're going to hear what Jesus said to just such a person. In today's reading, we find Jesus in a situation that people in Jesus' day would have found really quite shocking. Uh, To start with, he was in Samaria. Samaria was the, the land of the Samaritans, 
And the Jews hated the Samaritans. Now we know that it's wrong to hate, but that's how it was. And you can see on the map that Jesus walked from Judea through Samaria to get to Galilee. And in the reading, it said he had to go through Samaria. But you know, most Jews wouldn't have gone through Samaria. Most Jews would have avoided it. They'd have gone all the way around the long route just to avoid going through Samaria. So Jesus was in Samaria. He was tired after a long walk, and he sat down at a well. And the only other person at the well was a Samaritan woman. Now, in Jesus' culture, it was considered very inappropriate for a man to be alone with a woman. But for a Jewish man to be alone with a Samaritan woman, that was absolutely outrageous. And at a well of all places. Do you know that uh, in the Old Testament, wells are actually quite romantic places? Um, Abraham's servant met uh, Isaac's future wife, Rebecca, at a well. Um, so uh, Jacob met his wife, Rachel, at a well. Where do you suppose that Moses first met his wife, Zipporah? Say it together. At a well. Exactly. So here's Jesus in Samaria alone at a well with a Samaritan woman. That would be more than enough to get everyone gossiping. And it was midday, right in the middle of the day. Uh, Normally, uh, the women would go to collect the water early in the morning or in the evening to avoid the heat of the day because it gets super hot in that part of the world. So what was this, this woman doing at the well in the middle of the day, at the hottest time of day? Well, the fact is, she wanted to avoid the other women because she hadn't led a very good life. She'd done some bad things, and the other women looked down on her. This woman, she looked for satisfaction in all the wrong places. She had some disastrous relationships. She'd made a real mess of her life. But we know there's only one thing that can satisfy completely, only one thing that can satisfy forever, and we're going to come to that in a few moments. But first, has anyone seen one of these before? Right, that is the exact one I had when I was a baby. And uh, others might have seen that. This is a similar sort of thing. If you've got a baby brother or sister in your house, uh, you probably got one of these knocking around. So I need a volunteer. Who can volunteer to come and help me with this? David, you had your hand up first. Come forward. Okay. So I want you to put one of these shapes into the square hole. You come around to the side so people can kind of see what you're doing. So one of these shapes into the square hole. Just, just try them. Just, just, just try them out. See which one will go into the square hole. Come on, let's, I'll help you look, look. Okay, so that one doesn't fit. Try another one. Does that one fit? No, that one doesn't go in. No, what about that one? Can you get that one in? We might be able to squeeze that one in. No, that one won't fit. What about this one? If you push it really hard, will it go in? If it, no, it's not going to go in. Okay, so I think what we've worked out is none of these shapes here fit the square hole. Is that, is that right? No. Hang on, that's a different one. But I, what I want... That, we don't want to mix up the two illustrations, but what I want to do, try that one. Try that one now to see that. Well, that's super easy, isn't it? 
That one went in, that fits perfectly. Okay, sit down, David, thank you. So that, that's the point. There's only one shape that fits that square hole, and that's the square shape. And do you know that each one of us has a Jesus-shaped hole in our lives? And the only way that we can be truly satisfied is to place Jesus in that Jesus-shaped hole. Nothing else will fit. Uh, but people try and fill that hole with all sorts of things. And sometimes they're bad, harmful things like drugs or too much alcohol or gambling or being mean and nasty to other people or spending money just for the sake of it or crime. Uh, you know, all kinds of bad things people try and fill that hole with. And some people try to fill that hole with things that are actually really good. Uh, family and friends and, and travel and a career and achievements and qualifications. All of those things are good, but they will never be enough. They cannot replace Jesus. And the main reason that we exist and have life is to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If we don't have that, we'll never be fully satisfied. If we search for satisfaction in God's world without God, whatever satisfaction we experience will be incomplete and short-lived. So Jesus is talking to this woman who is not satisfied. There's something missing from her life. And Jesus asks her for a drink of water. And this really surprises the woman because uh, Jews were not allowed to touch anything that Samaritans had touched, because they thought that would make them unclean. Uh, But Jesus always did what was right, and not necessarily what people expected him to do. In fact, in today's passage, we see Jesus breaking so many rules and traditions and regulations and expectations just so that he can tell this woman what he now tells her. And this is what he said. He said, woman, if you knew who I am and the gift that I have to offer, you would ask me for living water. And the woman says, huh? You haven't even got a bucket to to take water from the well with. And are you, you saying that you can give us water that is better than the water from Jacob's famous well? And Jesus replied, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become a spring in them. Sorry, will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. How long can we survive without water? Who could? Uh, Two days or so? Two days? Okay, any other guesses? What what do you think, Anyang? One day? What do you think? Two days, okay. Well, you know, it depends on a lot of things like, you know, the climate. Is it hot or cold? Our age, our size, our, uh, our level of activity. So there's a lot of different factors. But generally, the most that we can survive without water is only three or four days. And certainly, um, you know, if you're in a desert, one or two days would be the maximum. So you're, you're right. Um, water is essential to life. And the water that Jesus offers gives us everlasting life, life that will never end. You know, when Jesus talks about living water, 
He's talking about God's Holy Spirit that comes to live within us. God's Spirit brings us life, fullness of life and everlasting life. So how do we receive this living water that Jesus offers, uh, that is God's Holy Spirit? Well, before we answer that, let's read verse 10 again, and then I'm going to ask you. So verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So how, uh, do, how does, uh, what does the woman have to do? What do we have to do? to receive this living water, which is God's Holy Spirit. What, you can shout it out if you like. What? Father, go on a what? Ask him for water. Ask, him for water. Uh, ask Jesus. Yeah, ask Jesus for this living water. Ask him. That's what we do. We ask Jesus. If we want this living water, what we have to do is ask Jesus. And that sounds pretty simple, really, doesn't it? And it is. And that's what the wo- woman did. She said, sir... Give me this water. Go on, Jess. Um, but how do you ask Jesus? How do you ask Jesus? That's a great question. Well, do you ever pray, Jess? Um, oh. Sometimes. Sometimes. Well, when you pray, you're speaking to God, and you're speaking to God through Jesus. So if you ask Jesus, you say, Jesus, I want this living water. I want your Holy Spirit to live within me. Then, then God will send his Holy Spirit to live within you. So it's literally just asking him in prayer. But that's a brilliant question, Jess. Well done. I'm glad you came in with that. Excellent. Because if you had that question, I bet there's other people who had that question too. Anyway, this woman, she said, Sir, give me this water. And shortly after that, everything changed. Uh, she dropped her bucket. She ran into town. She forgot about her shame and her embarrassment. Remember, she was trying to hide from all the other women. And she told everyone about Jesus. She experienced joy, excitement, and satisfaction like never before. If we want satisfaction in life, we have to ask Jesus for the life that only he can offer, which comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit. And once we've asked Jesus and God's Spirit into our lives, then we build our lives around Jesus. And that means changing our priorities. So what are we going to put into our lives that will bring satisfaction and fulfillment? I'll just move those to there. What are we going to put into our lives? So I have here, I was going to say a jar, but I had an accident. I smashed the jar this morning by accident, and I've got a much safer plastic container now. Uh, So um, this container represents our lives, okay? So you've got to imagine that's our life. What are we going to put into our life? Well, here I have some sand, okay? This sand. And this sand represents the things that we kind of like doing, but maybe aren't super important in the overall scheme of things. So it could be TV or YouTube or gaming or uh, little hobbies or mooching about, stuff that's okay and we like doing it, nothing wrong with it, but probably not that important in the overall scheme of life. That's what the sand represents, okay? These stones here represent things that are really quite important. 
What kind of things are really important in, in life? And we're going to, don't say God or Jesus because we're going to get to that bit. But th- other than that, what's really important? Jess? Your mum and dad and your family, absolutely, yeah. Studying, education, yeah, great. Travis? Listening. Listening, yeah, and being respectful to others and all that sort of, yeah, great. A job and work, yeah, Anna? Learning and, and health, maybe, you know, what we, what we eat and exercise and getting out in nature and getting plenty of sleep and all these, all these things are actually really important in life. And these stones represent those important things. Go on, Jess. And also water. Water, yeah, water super important. Well done. And that ties right in with the theme. You've got some great answers today, Jess. And this white stone here, this represents Jesus and our relationship with him, and all that includes. So this is our worship, and our prayer, and our gathering together, and our hanging out with other Christians, and encouraging one another, and our reading the Bible, and all all Jesus, and our relationship with him, and everything that that entails. That's that white stone. Now, if we fill our lives up with, what's this stuff represent? The sand? Pardon? Yeah, so the stuff that we kind of like doing, but it may be not super important in the overall scheme of things. Look at that. We filled our life up with that stuff, but we've got no room for the important things now, have we? And we've got no room for Jesus. So we're not going to experience satisfaction. We're not going to be satisfied with life. Okay, so we'll have another go. We'll have another go. So let's get the, these important things in. Okay. So I'll put the important things in, and then I fill it up with, um, with the other things that aren't so important, but we kind of kind of like them. So that is, yeah, we've got the really important things and the not so important things. But what have I left out? Jesus. Jesus. There's no room for Jesus in this life, and so this person might experience some satisfaction. But they're still, they're still going to feel that something is missing. Uh, they're never going to be fully satisfied, truly satisfied. So, right, let me not get these important things mixed up with the not so important things. I'll just shake those out. Okay, so we're going to have one last go. I want you to help me. What do I need to put in here first? What do you reckon, Anna? Jesus. So I put Jesus and our relationship with him and all that that involves in there first. Then what are we going to put in? What, Travis? The important stuff, okay, so then we put the important stuff in, so that's our family and our friends, our relationships and our, our work and our study and all those health, all those things are in there as well. Now what can I put in? Yeah, it's not that those things aren't, that this isn't at all important, but it's just it's not as important as some of the other things. You know, we want to relax and we want to do things we like doing, but, uh, you know, the, the kind of less important things can go in there now. Okay, so this, this is a really good balanced life because this person has built their life around Jesus. Jesus is the priority. Jesus is the thing that went in first. And this person will be able to experience real, true satisfaction in life. Not just in this life, but 
a satisfaction that will last forever and ever. So what would Jesus say to the unsatisfied? Well, go on, Jess. Okay, so you feel that this is this, you have the same life as this. Well, that's wonderful. That's exactly what we're aiming for. We put Jesus first and then, then friends and family and all those other important things and then the other stuff on top. So that's great if that's, if that's how it is for you, and that's, that's what we want. So what would Jesus say to the unsatisfied? Well, one time when Jesus was teaching in the temple, he stood up and he said, let anyone who is thirsty, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So if we have invited Jesus into our lives and we're still not satisfied, and you know, we all have stuff in our lives that we've got to deal with and things that don't go so well and frustrations and difficult circumstances, that's one thing. But if in general, we feel deeply dissatisfied with our lives, then it's probably time that we reordered our priorities because true satisfaction can only come from Jesus. Should we pray? I'll sit down here, we'll pray. Heavenly Father, um, we thank you for this amazing story of Jesus' love and grace and acceptance uh, talking to this woman at the well, offering her um, fullness of life, satisfaction in life, and she received that. She received uh, what Jesus was, was offering. It changed her life. And we recognize, Lord, that we need you, uh, that you are the most important thing that we can, uh, person that we can ever have in our lives. And we pray uh, that you will help us to make room for you, not just make room for you, but to build our whole lives around you. Uh, it's so easy for other things to to get in the way and distract us. We pray, Father, uh, that we'll get our priorities right and live our lives for you and for your glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, thanks, guys.